Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Buckle up, strap yourself in, and get ready. Welcome to The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Well, the battle is on between uh, Prime Minister Trudeau and Premier Wall, based on uh, yesterday's news conference following the meeting in Ottawa for the Pan-Canadian Climate Plan. Premier Wall, of course, a guest on this program last weekend, and the Premier talked to us in some detail about the fact that he would not sign on to the carbon tax proposal of the Prime Minister, and that he's quite prepared to go to court and battle the federal government, which was the point was made yesterday as well. And there was obviously tension between Premier Wall and the Prime Minister. We're going to play back for you next hour. The part of the interview that we aired last week with the Premier that deals with the carbon tax issue. We'll play some clips for you as well from last night's news conference. And then we'll ask you to take sides. Who do you support? Premier Wall or the Prime Minister, if I'm looking at my Twitter account at The Roy Green Show, there's little doubt that the majority of our listeners who are participating on Twitter and on email are siding with, uh, with the Premier. So that's coming up. A lot coming up today. We're going to begin, though, with the story about Ontario and the electricity prices here. A crisis, certainly for rural Ontario. And I don't think the prognostication is particularly good for or the prognosis is particularly good for the entire province, with the Premier saying that she made a mistake. Now, we've been uh, covering the story for some time, but I'll tell you, Global News has done a magnificent job, absolutely magnificent job, of pursuing this story for months now. And they've covered so many angles of it and talked to so many people and interviewed so many individuals who are specifically and directly involved. And uh, this week there was a global news story that indicates thousands of people in this province, 37,000 plus, are spending 30% of their household income on electricity. That is massive. That is massive. And for people who are at the low end of the economic scale, that's something that they find very, very difficult to afford. And you've heard them, you've heard people say on this program, they're choosing between food, they're choosing between heat and light, and they're choosing between rent because they cannot afford all three. So what's the government got in mind? With me is uh, Alan Carter from our Global News organization. And Alan, of course, is the anchor of Global News at 530 and 6 in uh, Toronto and the Queen's Park Bureau Chief and host of Focus Ontario. And at 530 this afternoon and then again at um, 1130 tomorrow morning on Global News Toronto, you'll hear and see Alan's interview with the energy minister for this province, uh, Glenn Tebow, but we'll get a little bit of a preview. Alan, thank you very much for taking the time. Well, thank you so much for having me on the program. So the global news investigation of the electricity crisis in Ontario has resulted in the reconnection of service of some 1,400 Hydro One customers. That's great work. It was a great series of reports, as I said, which clearly placed the Premier and the government on the back foot, as well as Hydro One. 
What did you, before we talk about your conversation with the energy minister, what did you find most compelling and perhaps most disturbing in what Global News discovered about electricity pricing in this province? Well, there are many facets to it. And, and, and you know, if, if you've been covering politics in this province for a while, you have seen, as many people have been seeing, this looming on the horizon for the last number of years as prices began to escalate more and more. And the government was actually warned as far back as the uh, Drummond report that the perfect storm was on the horizon. So it's not like we haven't seen it coming. But I think what really surprised a lot of us was what was happening in rural Ontario. And this is um, due to some great work from uh, Shirley Engel uh, and the folks at Ottawa who managed to get into the regions and find all these cases of people living without power. Um, And, you know, in People who hadn't had a hot shower for five months, people who were lugging water in garbage bag lined cans into the house to be able to survive. And then you look further into the situation and you find things where, you know, that the um, the companies, the distribution companies had had been very stringent in terms of saying, OK, well, well yeah, we're going to offer you this and that, but uh Here's a payment plan. In the one case of one family that we had documented, they they had a payment plan. They were working on getting their massive debt under um, under control, and they missed one payment for a couple of days. And basically, Hydro One cut them off, and not only cut them off, and they were been one of the power for five months. But now, after five months, they were saying, "Okay, now we're going to come in there and we're going to take lines up." So, you know, not only do you have to pay us all the money you owe, but a whole lot more money to get reconnected. And I think when we put that on the air, I think people in this province said, this is ridiculous. How can this be happening in our own province? And Hydro One, which, as you know, is now being sold. It's funny. It's odd because I think Hydro One, you know, basically has come out this week and said, well, like we said, we're going to we're going to reconnect all these people. We're going to we work on uh, all of their debt levels. But they've also come out and said, well, listen, we're under new management and we're much more customer focused because we're private. Um, so, so take that for what you will in terms of the messaging to say, well, here's a po- here's an upside to the fact that we're selling off yeah. Hydro One is it's going to be more responsive to customer needs. And I think there's an interesting kind of messaging in there. You know, it's it was so disturbing, and you can almost see it incrementally, as people found out more and more about what was going on with their neighbors in the province. And we heard about uh, Donnell's supermarket just north of the Sioux. 5,000-square-foot supermarket suddenly became a corner, or over a period of weeks, became a corner store because they couldn't afford the $8,000-a-month hydro bill, which had been 2000 You hear, as you said, the individual families that find themselves cut off for months at a time just think about what it's like when you lose your power for a few hours. It's extremely disturbing to people. And you know it's going to come back on because it's a hydro problem. But now if it's been shut off and there's no prospect of your hydro coming back on, unless there are arrangements are made, it's awful. It's disastrous for families. And then as you found out at Global News, thousands of people in this province are really on the thin razor's edge because they're spending 30% of their household income on electricity. It's unsustainable. Rent, heat, hydro, uh, food, clothing, getting your kids to school, just maintaining a home. 
It's, it's just not sustainable. So taking all of this and what you've explained to us, Alan, into, uh, into the uh, interview that you had with the energy minister, how did that go? Well, Glenn Tebow, um, and just a quick backstory on Glenn Tebow, you may know, and I think we probably discussed in your program the situation in the Sudbury by-election, how he came to be uh, in the wind government and on the front bench. He was an NDP MP right. who uh, decided to quit and change parties and run in a by-election in Sudbury. Um, and there's some, still some controversy over that and some uh, election act. Uh, charges for two people and the comments that Mr. Tebow himself had asked for something in order to uh, switch parties. So you have to ask yourself how much is that weighing on Glenn Tebow as he also now shoulders what is clearly the hot button file of the government. I mean, I put it to him straight up. You know, we, we're not that far from the spring of 2018, which is the next provincial election. How Glenn Tebow handles this file over the next year is going to basically determine whether or not Kathleen Wynne's government survives. So imagine the pressure on on him. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is what the government's done is they said, okay, we're going to we're going to bring in an eight percent right across the board cut, right? And that's a rebate that is uh, the equivalent of the HST, the provincial portion of the HST off. You build. It's important to notice that that is not taking the HST off your bill. That is not even taking the provincial portion of the HST off your bill. They're rebating you an equivalent amount because they actually have to get Ottawa to sign off on it, and they have decided not to forego that. That's an important thing because it can be taken away fairly easily, right? The tax is still there. You're just getting that rebate. Right. But when we start talking about that percentage that you mentioned, about the people that are, uh, that are paying 30% or more, is that the government does have a low-income um, program. But I think they're going to start looking at more of that. They're going to have to get more money down on that bottom end because, remember, that 8% across the board cut, that means that if I want to be Griswold this Christmas and just light my house up like a Roman candle that can be seen from space, you know, I get an 8% cut on that, and you're Mr. Conservation. You're helping to pay for my energy consumption. Exactly. Exactly. So... What can you tell us about the conversation that you had with the energy minister? How is he going to approach the next months heading into the election campaign? Because it's really going to begin long before, months before, the actual writ is dropped. Um, how's, how's he approaching things? Well, the reality is, and I put it to him a number of ways, uh, and you'll see it in the interview, eventually he admits that there are more increases coming. And that the big things that they've done, they've already done. Remember that 8% rebate? That's a billion dollars a year out of general revenue to be able to do that. Um, and so he's talking about, uh, you know, tinkering around the edges. If it's $5, if it's $50, the reality is they don't have any big, more big sledgehammers. And right now he's just in consultation phase. So everything's on the table, including um, increasing uh, relief for low income, um, whether they change the time of use policy, I think that's the one you're going to see. You're going to see something on, on, you know, the electrical pricing on time of day. Um, you, really, everything's on the table. The, the reality is, I don't think they really know what they could do. And then we add to this the fact that cap and trade becomes a reality in the province in just a few weeks on the first of January. 
So the Liberal government maintains it'll mean only about $5 a month increase for Ontario households on their electricity bills. But the question then is, how do you know? And how, you can, how can you predict? Because market fluctuations will affect pricing under cap and trade. And what happens in Quebec and California will affect Ontario, if I understand all of this properly. So there's another potential joker in the deck. Well, absolutely. And as we found out this week, the cap and trade costs on your home heating bill, if you're using natural gas, for example, you won't see it. Exactly. It's going to be rolled into the delivery charge. And this here are the three letters that the people in this province, if they don't know them already, they are really going to get to know them over the next 18 to 24 months. And that is OEB, the Ontario Energy Board. And what it is is a quasi-judicial, arm's-length agency, which is set up, it is supposed to be uh, there to watch out for consumers' best interests, it sets prices for electricity. It sets prices for natural gas. It oversees the local distribution companies. And in the case of the, the cap-and-trade costs, the OEB said, well, we, we talked to the local distribution companies. We did some analysis. We looked at it. We think it's part of the overall cost. We're not going to put it up separately. Despite the fact that 75 out of 80 of the actual distribution companies said, no, no, I think you should put that separately on a separate line. And the Auditor General actually did polling in the province and found that 89% of us want it separate. But the OEB doesn't want it separate. And the government says, well, it's not up to us. That's, that's, not, uh, that's arm's length stuff. It's not our decision. We can't do anything about it one way or the other. So the OEB works for them in that favor. But conversely, that 8% rebate that we were talking about on your electricity bill, guess what? That's going to have a line item on your bill because in the complicated world, which is our energy sector in this province, the government has the authority to do that. So the OEB tends to be a convenient cover for the government, and I think people are going to get more and more upset about it. Yeah, particularly if we get more and more reports from the Auditor General. Alan Carter, thank you so very much. Looking forward to your interview with Glenn Tebow, the Energy Minister, 5.30 this afternoon on Global News in Toronto, and 6 and, um, I'm sorry, 5.30 and then 11.30 tomorrow morning again. Thank you, Alan. Much appreciated. Really appreciate you having me on. Thank now, you so More much. to come, right? And talk to you again. Absolutely. Alan Carter from Global News. There is a lot more to come as this electricity file really is generating interest right across the country. And quite often when I do a show that deals with a specific provincial issue, other provinces, people will send me emails and say, you know, that's fine there, but it's not really affecting us. In this case, everyone across Canada seems to be interested. Everyone. Check the Twitter feed. Check my Twitter feed at the Roy Green Show. Um, check, uh, well, I'll read you some emails a little later on. There is tremendous interest in what's going on in Ontario on the electricity file because many people across the country fear it could happen to them next. Francesca Dobbin will be with us next the executive director of the United Way of Gray and Bruce County. She's amazing. Stay with us.